Today on testplug.org, we're interviewing Tom Moore, and he's an old friend of mine, musician. Uh, known him since he was a wee young lad, and uh, it's good catching up with him. It's what you're listening to in the background there, and Tom will the rest of the song clip before we start the interview. Thanks for watching this book. I'm all recording now, so I'll do one of these. So you're good? You ready? Yeah, I'm good. How the heck are you, man? How the hell are you, Tom Moore? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's been too long. How's the old Baltimore treating you? Baltimore's good. Yeah. How long have you lived there now? Um, Well, I've been in the the DMV for like five years, but then Baltimore, we just moved in January. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I've so. spent some time on the East Coast, but never really there. I mean, I think I've driven through it, but that's about it. Yeah, you know, it's got all kinds of like, uh, I mean, we didn't know much about it, but moving here now, feet on the ground, we're learning all the different spots, some cool. cultural areas and stuff. Yeah, all the we, spots like, you can't go, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, as soon as we moved in, like three months later, we were locked down. So, yeah. But, the you know, there's some nice parks and, and outdoor stuff nice. here, too. And uh, has it has it been a place that you could get some inspiration out of, some uh, some thought out of? Yeah, I mean, it's like very it's a very diverse area, you know. Yeah. Like the DMV is just like we used to live in Silver Spring, which is just north of like the DC border, and just the like all the different cultures that are right there is like very much a melting pot. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, that, that's been pretty neat. And, you know, like interacting with some, you know, meeting some new musicians, being here without like kind of the connection I had to the Orlando music scene has kind of forced me to, to get out there and connect in a different way with musicians. So yeah, it's been good. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you get started in all this? Uh, what, what was your, I mean, as a kid, did you play music? Did you start from a youth? Uh, yeah, I mean, music, I guess my, my father play, you know, taught me to play piano when I was young and, and jammed with him when I was in my teens. And then, um, as you well know, um, you know, we spent many a day jamming with, uh, on the soapbox that was like, you know, coming out of high school, me, Ben Calhoun, Caleb Muller. Um, I think we started that band probably when I was in ninth grade. And, um, yeah, and we played together up until 2012, you know, so, you know, we were playing together for 11 years and that's really, you know, when we, I think all of us kind of came into our own and, you know, writing a lot of songs. Yeah. It's great. Good times. Nice. Nice. Um, did you, are you still using some of that initial inspiration for stuff you right now, or have you gone a completely different path or? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely a different path. You know, like, I I love that. I really miss, I miss jamming with those guys. You know, I was thinking about it just recently, because it was such a creative process, you know, like, I think early days, we were writing songs, we bring songs to the table, Ben would bring a song, I'd bring a song, we do our best to like muddle through it. And uh, you'll remember that first album we did together. And that we were talking about the album art before we started recording. And you know, but it was, it was very eclectic. Like we hadn't really found a groove of sound, you know, we really hadn't found what was our own, but there were these moments when we would come together without anything formal in mind. And, you know, Ben would maybe have this lick and, you know, he'd start, he'd start jamming and maybe I'd play a bass line and, and then Caleb would start playing drums and you'd, you'd create this like real garage band, like meditative sound. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's like, I got something scribbled on the back of a, of a, uh, you know, a napkin, you know, for lyrics and, and it would come together in, in, in such a organic way, but creating by creating solo is like a lot different than that. You know, it's, it's, it's more, um, you, you know, you're doing most of that work yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you, uh, take any type of schooling or classes as far as for honing your skills or getting better with what you do? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I took like guitar lessons when I was little and then, uh, I did a couple of years for jazz performance. So that was like formal jazz theory and, and recital and playing with small groups of jazz instrumentalists and, and like jazz big band and stuff. So all that around the time I was, we were, you know, on the soapbox was playing around town quite a bit. So it was like just a lot of performance experience. Um, and you know, I love jazz, jazz theories, like real heady stuff, you know, it's good. The, the learn to perform, but don't get so tied into performing that you're, you're messing up with the, the groove of everybody else is actually doing kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and jazz is like a language, right? So you play, you, you know, if everybody knows English, you can sit in a room and you can have a conversation. If everybody knows jazz, you can sit in a room and you can play a tune, you know, and just like, here's the key, here's the tune. And you just start communicating and uh improvising you know learning to improvise is very much a a daring pursuit you know like yeah i know the theory but now i'm gonna actually everyone else is gonna turn their amps down and i'm gonna play a solo 
there's there's a real develop like creative developmental process in that you know to get the guts up to be able to you know articulate your own voice on your instrument so yeah i appreciate all that experience i had playing with a lot of musicians to do that at what point did you kind of decide that um you were going to take over the whole thing like with your new music i'm guessing you do pretty much all the instrument work well, no, actually, not recently. Recently, okay. I connected with some guys here in uh, in the DMV. But I mean, like when the band, we all kind of went our separate ways. We had just different uh, personal pursuits that were going on. 2012, I think we re- it was like we released a record. We hurried to release a record just because we knew everybody was going their own their own right, way. Right. And you know, it was like right when we were dialing into who we were. I think created like as a band, like really getting our sound down. Um, but anyhow, after that. I started making my own stuff and um, that was when I was like playing, I'd get in a drummer, but I'd play bass and I'd play guitar. Right. And um, I did a little, uh, I did, um, it took five years and now we're doing fine. It was like a five track right. record. Um, I did a Deltona studios. And then after that, when I really tried to do it all myself was on the rafter and that was like 10 tracks and I did get in a drummer but beyond that, everything was myself and then the mixing and the mastering. And I was, I just wanted that creative control, you know, <laughs> like I want to bring it all in. I want to, I want to have con- complete control over the sound. And, yeah. and um, that has its advantages, but it's got its disadvantages too, because you, you, then you don't have that other voice of friction that really expands the, the sound. There's always that in the back of your head. Could this be better? What if I do this? What if I, you know, it just keeps on like this dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And it also becomes like this um, extreme version of yourself, <laughs> you know? So it's like, whatever's going on in my like performance process, it's happening on guitar. It's happening on bass. It's yeah. happening on, on the keys. And then I'm mixing it too. So there's no objective voice to say, you know, this is good or this is Step not it down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Like don't play so many notes there yeah. or, you know, you're, yeah, this, you need this other element in the music here or there, you know, there's, so it's beautiful to finally be able to have the reins and say, this is what I want it to sound like. But looking back, um, yeah, it's almost like this, this myopic sound that I missed having just someone else to kind of pull you back from yourself. I can see that. Can yeah, see that. yeah. I uh, spending a lot of time with my own personal editing uh, lately. <laughs> I can understand. That. Yeah, yeah. So, but I did. I did really love making that record. That was like I was in Deltona, uh, just you know, in a one-room apartment, like recording in the closet, you know, and pulling down all the clothes, and then hanging the microphone, and then before my wife came home from work, like hanging all the clothes back up again. <laughs> But, you know, given that and just like a $200 like recording pack with a, you know, um, what do you call it? The interface and, and a mic and, you know, you can get a lot done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that the way that technology has turned a whole studio's worth of equipment into uh, basically your laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like that first record, we were working with John Blanche, you know, John Blanche of like uh, what he did, like, um, Hotel California and he did all these records and he had this enormous board and he, it was the vibe, man. It was a real vibe, but now, yeah, everything's just, it's just on your laptop. Yeah. Yeah. 
but well, now we, with YouTube right. and stuff like that, it's really those type of performances have gotten even credit in the in the real world. Like those performers that started off there are selling out more than some you know big names. Yeah, you mean the ones that started in there just doing yeah. it in the right? Yeah. And you're, it's almost like you're getting direct feedback too. It's the creation process is so quick. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not sending it to the studio and then mixing with a team of engineers and then sending it for mastering it. You can have a thought in the morning and you can have it uploaded by the afternoon, which is very much how everybody consumes music now so quickly because, and so it's um, intimidating, I think, to make music in that atmosphere. but um, it's changed how we consume and how we create. But at the same time, you don't have a, a garage full of CD blank, CDs that... Uh... <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> at least we didn't start making T-shirts and stuff, too. Oh, goodness, no. Stop that CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you're a teenager, you know, you're, you're making bumper stickers before you're making music. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun of it. You're coming up with a band name before you know how to play the instrument. Uh, but that's fun. What um, what has been some inspiration for you through the different stages of your uh, career? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I I think it's just something like music is just something that's kind of always just been there, and you know you have a guitar in the room, and it's it's more just it, working through moments of like probably moments of like personal inquiry and like uh, maybe kind of emotional or spiritual, like kind of journeying, you know, like it was like you gravitate to your instrument to kind of work through those things. And um, when you're younger, you're like, I'm going to write a song because I like the Beatles, you know, that was me. I'm going to write a song. But then as you, uh, as you develop, you know, then you start realizing that there's this real connection to, to your, your creative soul. And you're just, you know, so the, the instrument's always there and you, and you just pick it up uh, in, in those moments that feel right. And it, for me, it like comes and goes. And, you know, there are times when I'm feeling really creative and really inspired. And then there are other times when it's just like, ah, can't, can't push it. I'm not feeling it right now, you know. Are you more of write the music before the lyrics or the lyrics before the music? Um, previously, always... Well, when I was working with Ben, it was writing lyrics on top of his like guitar, like chordal structure, harmony right. structure. And then um, when I was working on my solo stuff initially, I would always write first. I would write guitar first, right. you know, and um, and then write lyric on top of it. But I, I did notice that th- there was something very genuine when I would have written um, lyric first as it would like outside of the constraints of a song you know because when you're writing when you're writing lyrics you're like oh it's got to go to the beat and it's got to go to the sound and the tone but when you're writing poetry just just raw prose or or lyric you know you have no constraints and um i and in and recently it's been very much the other way around it's been writing poetry first um, and then maybe sitting down and writing some gu- guitar chords and then eventually being like, all right, I need to marry these two together. You know, which ones work together? Yeah. How do I kind of 
can put it all together into a song, you know? Nice. So it's changed. It's changed over the years. Yeah. yeah. Who has been some of your musical musical inspirations through the years? I mean, obviously we know that you started off as a Beatles fan, but that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Does that still influence you today as it much as it did then? Not so much, you know, and it's funny because I, I, I was, I go back and I listen to those records and only now are they sounding old. They never used to sound old to me. They sounded so fresh and so like, oh man, how can anybody ever think like that? But it's only ever recently that now I'm, I'm seeing them have, you know, their place in history a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was into the indie folk scene, you know, in the late 2000s, you know, 2005, six, seven, and guys like Iron and Wine and Sufjan Stevens, big fan of, of his evolving work over the, over the years. How could he not be? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, but recently too, I've been, uh, I've been just connecting with like all different kinds of music recently. Like, I mean, here in, in, uh, in the DMV, Baltimore, a lot of hip hop going on. And um, I found myself like lending an ear in a way that I never did before. Um, you know, not only to the, the musical style, but the, um, even lyrically too, you know, just kind of connecting with what that's all about, you know, and, um, what can be considered like an abrasive, like lyrical style, um, was kind of speaking to me in a different way. Gotcha. And, um, I certainly can't emulate it, you know, right. uh, I, I can't try but... a rap album next. <laughs> I'm tempted in moments of caffeine, man, Whew. tempted, but, but let's not go there. Yeah. So, so that's been, you know, more recently, you know, like growing in my respect for well-produced popular music too, and yeah. not, not having such a sort of, um, elitist. Yes. Not being so condescending towards like simpler forms of music. Yeah, I, I, I have to bite my lip every once in a while, even with art, because, well, we've had this conversation of what is art before. Uh, I'm sure we have. And I, I, I'm like, when you mentioned that on the text line, I was like, is he referring to some like esoteric conversation we were having when I was 17? And I was like, oh, dear, please make him forget before we get together. Please don't hold me to that. <laughs> For those uh, that are in the not know, uh, um, Tom, you're how old now? You're uh, 35. 35. So, and yeah. I'm 45. So, there was times where I was with about six other, you know, teenage or younger boys. That sounds weird. Um, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that you know, I was the adult in the room just kind of laughing in the background about their, their whims of what, you know, what society was and yep, how they yeah. can make a difference. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, ultimately, we were right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ultimately, we were right. It's only in our age that we have, we have forgotten all those truisms <laughs> of our teenage years, you know. But, you know, I can only hope we remember at some point again. <laughs> I mean, with a, with a band name of On the Soapbox, you had to have something to say. That's right. But we really didn't, you know, everyone would be like, oh, you have some sort of like anarchist political agenda. And we're like, no, we're writing songs about the girls we like at school. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, have you tried to, let's see, how can I word this right? Um, 
not, how do you not let, I mean, it does influence you obviously, but how do you not let music kind of, how do you not copy music, I guess is the easiest way to say it, but like, mm. I don't know a better way to say it because I don't know words. Yeah. You mean like, like beat like too derivative where you're yeah, just like yeah, copying yeah. something that's already happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I used to worry a lot about that. Right. I think I used to worry so much about that and constantly be trying to like push against, you know, any sort of like musical convention that had been done before. But then there were others that I was like locking myself in with that I hadn't realized I was locking myself in with. So, oh, gotcha. you know, so there was this like conflict. Um, I care less about it now. Yeah. You know, if I end up sounding like, like something else, um, I, the mistake I think some artists make is when they look to like extra, uh, like extra, extra spectively, like they're looking to be something else that they're looking at like an idol or, or some artist that they like, and they think like, I want to be like them. And I mean, that's understandable for a young artist, but, but at some point you start realizing, well, the only thing that's ever going to come that will be meaningful to anybody is if it's like genuinely issuing to whatever I can bring that's unique to the world. Right. And that, that comes when you worry a little less about it. I think that's what I found. Yeah. Yeah. Over. I mean, the music, like, like the music that I'm making now with, uh, so I connected with, uh, uh, he's a hip hop producer here in DMV, Jay Medina. Mm -hmm. And um, the music I'm making with him now is unlike anything I could have dreamed myself. And, um, you know, that just happened very organically, I, uh, you know, connecting with him just very randomly. And like I said, I don't have to worry about it sounding like anything else because, the, the, you know, a duo like us is just kind of like, uh, it, you know, it only happens when it happens, you know, and, and I'm bringing my history to the table. He's bringing his history to the table and we're trying to leave room to make something that is, that is really genuine, you know? So I think that helps working with someone else really helps too. What have you found as far as like the cost versus enjoyment? So the, you know, the, the what you've put into it versus where you find personal pleasure in it. Oh yeah. It's hard. I mean, some, there are times, I mean, I stopped playing and recording for like five years, Yeah, you know, and it was like the worst thing I could have ever done. Like just, for my mental well-being, yeah. you know, I just I had other things that was going on, and I had misaligned my priorities, and I just didn't make time for it. Yeah, and it was like it was so damaging to me. I realized coming out of that that it's like, nope, this is something <laughs> that is worth whatever cost to do. And you know, a lot of people would be like, you know, just play your guitar and have some fun, but it. it that was never so much fun for me than like creating a, a work of music, you know? And so now, yeah, I mean, making music costs money and, and, you know, it's, uh, we're not seeing, a, we're not seeing a lot of return just yet, but to me, it has that just intrinsic value to me right? as, as a, um, if I'm not creating, I've lost my equilibrium and it's time to stop and be like, you know, why? Do you need to go get in the studio? Even my wife will be like, you haven't been in the studio. 
<laughs> and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I must be acting weird. <laughs> I must be acting like something's a little off, you know, so get out there and create and, and get in touch with that, that side of you. That's so easy to neglect. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something that especially now in well COVID world and everything else, like all those little things that we thought were like, um, Oh, I'll get back to that project or mm-hmm. I don't need to think about that mentally right now have just been super focused. Like, whereas now, especially it's just like, no, I need to take care of this because otherwise the whole rest of my world is going to crumble. That's it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you start to realize that those are so such sustaining pursuits, right? You know, all the things we think of practical reality. And of course we got to do these things, but it's that creative part of us. It's so tied to our like spirit and, it's you got to find a place for it. And I think COVID has been allowing people, like you said, <laughs> we're just, we have the opportunity to really, to really tap into that. And it will be nourishing while everything else is upset while everything else is kind of up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> have you written your COVID song? Is there a song that you can dedicate? Oh, no, I have no feeling? COVID song. Well, not like, Directly, yeah, like, like the one where I complain about, COVID, about you know, <laughs> the one where I complain about COVID or 2020 or something. Well, just like where like the the change of the world is like giving you some some inspiration to write something about the way the world's changed. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't think COVID's done it for me. <laughs> you know, if I did write a song about COVID, it would it would be some like angry heavy yeah. metal song or something. Back to the teen angst of your youth. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We'll do a we'll do a reunion, you know, a reunion set. You three can uh, over oh, Zoom. Uh, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. We'll sync the audio later. Just play yeah. our parts individually. <laughs> Have you talked to the boys recently? Um, yeah, I'm in touch. Actually, re- very recently. Oh. I spoke to all, spoke to both of them last week. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're in touch. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I talked to Caleb a little bit more than I talked to Ben. I've talked to Ben just randomly here and there. Um, but I've been, I lived closer to Caleb a couple different times too. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it allowed some connection. Yeah. I mean, to create that creating as in a band like that, it's like, it's very personal, you know, it's very, it's very intimate. You might like pretend that when you're playing a song about something that's personal to you, to an audience, you know, nobody's going to blatantly like ask you pry into your business and be like, what's that about? You know, (laughs) who broke your heart, you know, but, but when you're with a band, you know, there's no getting around that. Right. Exactly. They're going to pretty much hold you to it. Like, what are you talking about in this song? Who are you talking about? Yeah. Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so you're kind of forced to be pretty, pretty closely connected, pretty intimately connected with a band, especially when you play for that length of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're still in touch with them. Still, uh, you're not a, um, I said osmosis. I meant oasis. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no grand feuds. No, no. Um, actually that actually brings up a separate point though. Um, so I know your sister also, and she went more the art, she went more the physical painting and drawing artistic route and you went more the music route. Um, mm-hmm do you guys find that it kind of stems from the same universe or like, I mean, 
It must do. Yeah, it must do. <clears throat> I mean, whatever biological predisposition that we have to it, yeah. you know, must, must exist. And yeah, I, I, I've never drawn, maybe I've never drawn that connection before, <laughs> but you know, my sister's, she's an incredible artist, yeah. you know, graphic design and stuff. She's got such a great eye. She really does. And, you know, she's helped me on album art and stuff before, right. you know, put together the images and everything. Yeah. But it probably comes. I could just charge too much. So I couldn't, I couldn't keep, you know, working for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's like, you know, so we, but I think we had a creative upbringing. We had a lot of space to be creative and I think it was encouraged in our upbringing, yeah. you know, um, outside of being forced to do piano, which I don't think any of us liked, you know, but it was like, oh, you have to do piano. But, but beyond that, there was plenty of room, I think. Um, and what I mean by room is like, like a psychological room, like, like experimental room and space in our environment to explore right. our creativity and, uh, you know, failed creative pursuits, which leads you to the ones that, that stick with you. And um, yeah, I'm glad she's hung on to that. Still, she's still doing a lot of design work, and okay. yeah, I'm happy she does that. Yeah. Um, do you think moving to the states at a younger age had anything as far as change of your outlook, or because you were what four when you moved over? Yeah, but but you know, I was raised in a British family who exposed me to British music, right. and like, there's a lot of American music from around the same time, like in the '80s, but I just didn't even know about until I was hanging out with people in my like, you know, mid twenties. And, and the reason for that was because my parents were listening to a completely like the British pop charts. Right. Exactly. You know, so there was so much literature, Prince, Michael Jackson, yeah. that I just grew up with no exposure. And so, yeah, that, that it's got to affect my creative process. And so many people say, Oh, you sound British when you sing. You know, and I know that's just because only the only artists I ever listened to growing up yeah. were were British artists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that till I went into Deltona Studios and the guy was like, Have you ever heard of Gilbert O'Sullivan? He's this like, you know, obscure seventies like yeah. folky, like um ballad singer. And I remember that mixtape that my dad had, you know, just listened to it on repeat and I was like, Oh boy, you can't <laughs> escape you can't escape your influences. They're coming with you. That's funny. Well, and, and talking to your grandma regularly, that helps, you know. Yes. How's she doing, by the way? She's good. Yeah, she's good. She's like my number one. She's the number one supporter of my poetry. She's constantly telling nice. me to, to write a book. And, and my dad's mom, too. She was very musical. Oh, okay. Always in the, uh, the, the, the church choir and, and whistling with vibrato in the, in, in the kitchen, you know. Nice. So, yeah, raised around a lot of music. Cool beans. Have you um, have you looked into ways to get your name known overseas or anything like that? Do you have any overseas connections that? Well, I'm connecting with Test Plug Podcast so he can put me on blast. <laughs> no, we have man. one Ireland follower. I know that. That's right. I heard that interview. I heard that interview. The knife maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was a great interview. Yeah, there was a lot. No, was but lot I, ha I haven't really. I haven't really gone, you know, I haven't really looked into that. A world tour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to. Let's do it, man. As soon as COVID ends. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. Yeah. Just book a bunch of uh, bars all over. 
That'd be fun. I mean, I would, I imagine it's doable. I mean, I mean, oh, with yeah. money, anything's doable, I guess, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I like, I played so much in Orlando when I was, I was making most of my money performing. I just wore myself out performing when I was doing solo performing. Now playing with a band is, that was a blast, you know, right. cause you, you're just jamming and having fun, but playing solo is, uh, you know, I was done by the time I finished, I was done. And well, I still, I, to a certain extent, solo, you're putting so much of your heart into it that every time you're playing it, you're pushing out that much emotion. Yeah. And it's a great way to like, you, you know, really, really uh, take the um, whatever, whatever was passionate about the song that you wrote, kind of stripping it of that, you know, which I'm not the first one to complain of that, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I just like, I love creating and releasing music. And who knows if I would ever perform it. Uh, but yeah, just the just being able to release a track that you've worked hard on. That's to me, that's where it's at. Nice. Well, I know you just released what was it four tracks on that newest release? Um, well, I like mistakenly released a song last week because I put the release date as January 8th, 2020 instead of January oh. 2021. <laughs> and that is so that, you know, if you push a release far enough out, Spotify will put it on a play, possibly put it on a playlist for you. Oh, gotcha. But if you accidentally release it and then pull it down from Spotify, Spotify will not do that. So that was a big disaster. So anyhow, one track, one track that's called Medicine Man. I worked on that with Jay Medina. That one's coming out on the 8th of January. Okay. And then, um, yeah, earlier this year, um, a single and a B-side, and then the, the, the four-track EP from like January of this year. Okay. Yeah. So you got, you got a lot of stuff in a, in a lot of fires in the oven or lots of irons in the fire that's that's what it is something like that something like that <laughs> well like i've said before speech is not my bonus <laughs> um and then you got a collaboration going on with a guy um man it sounds like you're doing uh doing what you like doing yeah yeah trying to find time for it trying to find time for it nice well is there anything else uh otherwise new coming out then or any other just stay tuned for that. Um, um, you know, hopefully trying to release singles, you know, the great thing about releasing singles is you can do it so often. And again, that's kind of the way that, that things are going now. So, so we got a couple tracks in the fire for early part of next year. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. It's pretty much a, any, any videos or any, uh, um, that's what everyone keeps asking me. I'm open to it. I'm open to it, but <laughs> I can't, you know, I, I mean, not that you can't do it right now. You just have to choose your setting and choose your Yeah, play. do it with a mask on. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about lip syncing correctly. <laughs> I think all the lines are, are synced up, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe you should do that for the podcast. That'd make editing that the would podcast be great. easier. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me, Jeremy. This yeah, is cool. no. I'm excited about your podcast. I'm following, <laughs> on, uh, following on Spotify now. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually a kind of cool thing is you hook up through one pod service and then you enter it into all the different search engines. So it does no it all matter for what you. they use. So it's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, it's on all of oh, them. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, and I don't have to worry about it. It does it itself. Nice. And how often are you doing shows? So right now I'm putting out one, one a week and then trying to do some like personal art stuff once a week too but that doesn't that's not a podcast stuff that's more youtube stuff 
Um, but that's what I do. Yeah, that's, that's do. fun. Are you worried that like, uh, uh, you're like, like, do you ever worry about comments and stuff like that? Like that's, that's part of releasing stuff now that I think is, is yeah. really hard. Like, am I going to be able to connect to the point of, of like creating an audience, but also disconnect to the point that I don't let it get in my head? Yeah, I, it's weird. So with, with the video podcast, which is technically mainly what this is, um, your, your comments are really tied to your views. And since I'm still in the lower end of things, um, the view counts down enough where I'll get like two or three comments. Um, I can't imagine if I'll, I don't think I'm the emotionally crushing kind of person later on where people just decide to hate your life for some reason. You're not like really polarizing with yeah. your discussions. Okay. That's uh, safe. That's safe. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll just say it out right now. Uh, I'm, 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 pro squirrel anti chipmunk just you know like <laughs> we'll get that old man oof well you're gonna draw a lot of attention to your podcast now <laughs> that's kind of what i'm going for <laughs> um yeah no it's i've never worried personally so much about like what people thought of me um, that's a good place to be which is weird so when i do like my personality test i'm that person who's seeking attention is basically what my personality test comes to be but at the same time, I'm the person that has worn the same outfit for 20 <laughs> years because I don't care what people say about my outfit. <laughs> Who knows? Those tests aren't any good, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I look forward to future stuff and uh, getting a chance to talk with you again someday. Uh, this has been good. Um, I'm going to end the podcast now, but we'll talk probably a little bit after. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate um, it. It was a great opportunity. Yeah. Thanks for watching test play. Man, it was really good to have a chance to catch up with Tom. I haven't talked to him for about 10 years and nice to see where his music's gone, where he's going with it and looking forward to his new stuff dropping soon. Um, if you like what you hear, make sure to check out his links to his music, current projects, and some of his old stuff as well and uh, check out some t-shirts inspired by the old band that I have uh, put up on the page as well. Uh, next week I have an interview with Chris, uh, or Frenemy, he's known by for most, I'm guessing. Um, an artist, graphic artist, does a lot of graffiti work, tattoo work, and currently living in Malaysia, which I didn't know a lot about. So it was a really nice interview. So that should be dropping Monday and looking forward to that. So uh, thanks for watching Test Blood.